Okay, so I am so fucking pumped up right now. I literally just got rid of all these extra subscriptions, MailChimp, Zapier, no more Google spreadsheets, no more text magic and Scipio. I was able to get rid of all of those because now I have Flex. You guys have heard me talk about Flex before. Flex is my website and CRM management solution that I utilize. And I'm so fucking, like the reason I love Flex so much is because I had a hand in creating it. You guys know that Joe Tabaldi, who's my branding and marketing coach, he is the founder of Flex. And I've been able to work with him side by side to create a product that is going to help the owners of the micro gym industry fucking win. With Flex, not only do I have a website that's perfectly on brand and not some common template that every other fucking micro gym in my town has, but now I've got a CRM that allows me to manage all the communication and touch points of someone going from the lead stage to the prospect stage to the buying stage. And my entire staff has all the recipes and campaigns laid out in front of them so that everybody gets a consistent client experience. Most of you guys would agree you're doing a great job with the client experience. Once they're a member in your gym, they're happy. But what you're not owning is the prospect experience, all the touch points that take someone from the very first impression, whether it's a Facebook ad tied to one of your flex landing pages or whether they go to your website or Google, whatever it may be, from that first impression to the actual membership. All that white space in between is where we are dropping the ball. And I know the competition is getting fierce. You've got multi-million dollar boutique fitness facilities opening up in your market and Flex gives you the weapon in your arsenal so that you can create a better prospect experience than the other guys. So go to flexx.co backslash WTF and get a demo of Flex to see how this piece of software can change your entire fucking life for you and your micro gym. FLEXX.co backslash WTF. You will not be disappointed. I fucking guarantee it. Alrighty, we're recording. Guys, what is up? This is Stu. This is What the Fuck Gym Talk. We have another episode of Jamming with Joe. It is good to be back. Yeah, I don't know when the last I think it's one. It's been a while. Well, we did it right before the Self Made Summit. Self Made Summit was in October. We did one like. I think we did one at the end of September leading into October. Got it. So it's uh, it's been a hot minute. Um, since then, Joe's gotten super bougie and bought a Peloton. I did. I had to. You, why did you have to? <laughs> because I don't work out enough, and I needed a reason, like a literally frictionless way to work out. Like, I, it's in my bedroom, so I just wake up. And I look at it, it's perched in front of one. I didn't, wasn't able to did dedicate you like, a full room to it like they do in all the ads. <laughs> uh, but I did put it by a window so it has natural light in case I ever decide to do a selfie video. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucking great. It's, it sweats. It's everything you need. It's all in one. It's got good music. And did you buy the dumbbells? Yeah, full package. You bought the, you bought the dumbbells. You buy the dumbbells. They give them to you. I think it's like optional. Yeah, it's optional. <laughs> I mean, but it comes with them. It's my point. It comes all in the same bag. So it's got, it comes with like headphones, heart rate monitor. Because in your garage, you have an, you have a, a, an, you have an assault bike, mm-hmm. right? You've got a rower. Mm-hmm. You've got a barbell. You've got dumbbells and shit. Yeah. You, and so you thought a Peloton was a necessary purchase. Indoors. You can't bring your assault bike in your bedroom, too? Oh, my God. That would be terrible. <laughs> Wind just blowing Here's shit everywhere. No one walks into a bedroom with an assault bike <laughs> and thinks anything other than, There's no flex. what's wrong with this guy? There's no <laughs> flex. Right. Yeah. Oh, my. It's uh, one of our members. Were, they were on vacation. They were, like, at, I don't know, fucking, like, Daytona Beach or something. And they send Deuce a video. 
and it's just him and his family sitting at the beach, and he just pans the video to the right, and two guys are hauling in the sand. You can imagine how pains, painful that is to haul an assault bike out in the sand, oh sets it up on the beach, and they start doing Tabata sprints, and you just hate blowing them. the sand everywhere. everywhere. And the caption back to Deuce was, this guy fucks, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dudes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other guy, <laughs> <laughs> fucking lost it. Um, but yeah, I just so okay. So you get the Peloton, and we were talking about this. I I was late to the the news of the the ad that went uh, that got a lot of pushback. Yeah, I watched it before today, so we could discuss it. But just for everyone else who's unaware, give everyone a little feedback, a synopsis of the Peloton, the most recent Peloton ad controversy. Yeah, so I think it, I think it came out in like mid-November, so it's obviously to push their Christmas sales. And the concept of the ad was that for Christmas, this guy bought his wife a Peloton, and she gets a, she gets out her uh, cell phone does like a selfie video about like getting the gift, and then it's supposed to be them watching these selfie videos a year later while it like changed her life. And thank you so much for buying me a Peloton for Christmas. Yeah. But and as she goes through it, she's making these selfie videos. Like, it's one of her, like, walking home from the office. Like, like waking up at like, 6 a.m. It's time for the first sweat like, of the day. nobody does selfies like that. Oh, zero nobody, people. Like, no female actually does it, like, the way they portrayed in the Peloton. But that's not why people push back. Was it because no. it was unrealistic? Why did they push so back? So the, the biggest controversy came about with the whole concept. We are in a very, like, me too, well, culture. Don't do that to a woman. Like, don't be a guy that buys your wife a Peloton or a vacuum exercise bike <laughs> for a Christmas present, unless she specifically asks for a Peloton Christmas present. Which I think present. is ridiculous. Which is, again, it's like, it's a little bit of a stretch, right? But I get the sentiment. Cause I think that my dad, I think my dad for him and my mom's first wedding anniversary bought her a radial arm saw and was like, oh, if you can't use it, I can. <laughs> right? Sure. Like, and it's, it's like, funny. It's like an episode of The Simpsons where Homer bought Marge a bowling ball that said Homer on it. <laughs> it's <laughs> perfect. It's never perfect, used right? it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I think that, it wasn't meant in jest, but I also don't think that was the point of the ad at all, right? Like, but you you put it out in a medium that allows people to meme it. We're in that culture, and you say like, "Hey, look at this new person." Now, the other controversy came about the fact that she already looks incredibly in shape. Sure. So the point of it was like it was supposed to be a year later, and they're like watching it at Christmas and reflecting on how great a gift it was, and they're like, and one of the top comments was. Oh my God! The one-year transformation from being a 116-pound woman to a 112-pound woman, right? Like, and it's a fair thing to say. It's like, okay, like this didn't really change your life. You seem like you're the exact same person. It didn't change so, your physical being. So pitching this yeah. whole transformation—it was not a transformation. It was just you considerably like staying healthy. But I, some, you some and me talked about this on the phone today. We were prepping for this. I, uh, I don't think people purchasing Peloton are in that uh, what I call starter fitness phase. Yeah. I, no, you were nope. not investing $2,500 into a piece of at-home fitness equipment in starter fitness. Now, I could also be wrong because there's people that buy $4,000 treadmills for their home that never use them, and they're in starter fitness as well. Totally but, different, though. Yes. Because the treadmill is the iconic piece of equipment to start with. Sure. Right? It's like that was drilled back way back in the day where it's like you don't like to do anything, but you can run. Yes. Running is the literal bare minimum that you could do. You're just running. You're just moving faster than you normally do. Yeah. So to have a machine in your house that allows you Which to run without going. most people didn't even run on. They walked at a slight incline. Right. So it's like, but now you don't have to go anywhere. You Correct. can just do it. Right. So there was like this whole, that is the low barrier of entry. And then they're just giving you a machine to do it. So that price point was not meant to target people who were very rich. It was meant to target people who were very lazy. So it actually did hit that market very well. The problem with the Peloton is that they're positioned to be the elite. They're 
the product itself, it looks like an Apple product. It, 100%. It's not meant to be for the everyday consumer. Correct. And that's not who they're trying to target. But this, to me, is the perfect example of having all the proper ingredients and not baking the right cake. It didn't come out right because it didn't all have the same. So they had the right medium, right? They had this selfie 2019, 2020 being like every commercial is actually just a poorly made selfie video. Sure. So that's cool. And then they have the target market, which is people that can afford this, like the place that they lived in was, was very big, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the um, girl who's already, like that is their target market. It is the Evolve home wife, right? Like this is like, I'm at home, I can do this every day, and I see myself, it's female targeted. Like they had everything there, but then you did it, you like forced it into the medium of people being like, ah, is this really how I see myself using it? And it's not. Yeah. Because they tried to make it to seem to the average consumer so that more people could relate to it, but it didn't. Yeah. The most I, people can't relate I to buying a selfie, $2,500 bike and dedicating an entire room in their house to it. Yeah. I thought the selfie element was the part that threw it off the most for me when I thought of the avatar for this. The avatar for Peloton in my head is, is, is Evolve My Fitness, someone who's probably gone to a group thing previously. Because the biggest difference between the treadmill and the Peloton to me is, is not uh, – it's the social element of it. Like, like you said, you know, uh, your user, what is your actual username on Peloton so people could ride with you? Daddy01. <laughs> so when you it's show just up, my name. <laughs> so when Daddy01 logs in for a class and the instructor welcomes Daddy01 to a live class, but there is a, that social element, but it's super private. So we have a client here. He is one of our true one percenters in Charlotte and he does personal training uh, at Urban Movement. He has a Peloton. So he does PT here three days a week, and he rides his Peloton five days a week. Yep. So that's and, exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. It was a supplemental fitness thing because I'm like, I want to do something every day. My body can't recover from three to four CrossFit workouts anymore. I can't do more than that. If I'm trying to CrossFit every day, which is what I still like to do, I just, I just can't. I can't dedicate that time to it. I can't dedicate that mental capacity. You yo-yo it too much. Yeah, Because yeah, like, yeah. then like, it's an hour of your day, and I don't care what anybody says. If you've done CrossFit before and you have a competitive nature to you, which I definitely have. It's I don't more than an hour. It's more than an hour. 100%. And you're dedicating a lot of energy. You have so many bars of energy. I just can't do that five, six days a week, but I still want to sweat every single day because sure. I'm used to that. So getting on a bike and literally just aimlessly moving, it's the only workout. I think spinning is like the only workout where you can stop and you're still moving, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sit up and push myself up this hill. I'm just going to sit back and keep my legs moving and take a drink and wipe my head. Sure. But I'm not missing the class. If you're in a run group, you're now 100 yards behind. If you're in a CrossFit class, you now, you feel like you're not getting anything out of the workout. You're slowing down too much. And you can pick right back up where you left off. Yeah, you, and you also were a spin customer of spin studios here in Charlotte yeah. previously. So you went to the group one. And now you just took out the traffic. And the shit, can you cut, you can't customize music there yet, can you? Nope. No, no. But so you can search by it. You can search by it. Which music. is fantastic yep. for me because that's like literally the only reason I like to spin Spin class, all. the playlists are amazing, yep. 100%. But yeah, no, I, saw the, I saw the ad. I didn't have as much of a problem with it. Uh, not even from the woke side. I mean, people who are like, oh, you shouldn't get your wife. Like, I'm, I think it's funny when like you get your girlfriend a vacuum. Like, I think that's hilarious, right? right? Um, <laughs> it's like, I think that's hysterical. Um, but I didn't mind it from the woke thing. I just, when she was making the selfies and going through, it was like, I get it. I think they could have had an element of like sharing it on social media. I thought that was just because it was literally the woman's entire self-documented fucking journey, which she was right. doing. Like she looked like she was vlogging almost. Yeah, but yeah. And I think the, what's interesting to me is that the people that get it, if you're going to produce a commercial like that, put it on a YouTube ad, put it on like where these people in a, in sure. a, in a story ad on Instagram. Yeah. But no, this is playing during NFL games. Yeah. Right. So it's like, 
I get what you're. Was trying. that when it debuted? Was an NFL game? Oh, I mean that's so it's on NFL games. It's on ABC. Got like it, these got are huge. They're spending, I think, around a hundred million dollars a year on TV advertising. Yeah. And that has the demographic where you don't have to make it so current. Sure. You can make it a little bit more, let's call it archaic, where it's just like this whole like the sun's coming up and you have your room dedicated to the Peloton and they could have just put it in the middle of the room, done a slow shot around it with a big red bow on it and a husband hugging his wife. Sure. Add over. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's for rich people. (laughs) We dedicate a room in our house to it. And here's, I think the other part of it though, is that obviously they're, they just went public. And they're trying to position themselves as more than just an exercise equipment company. So they're trying to build the following that something that ha- of a higher brand, like an Apple, yeah. right? Like there is more than just a product behind Correct. Apple. No one's like, oh, I'm in the Dell club, yeah. <laughs> right? But like they do feel like that way about Apple. And so you have Peloton who's come out as a media creation, you know, uh, on-the-go style, you know, delivery of fitness in this whole global atmosphere. So they want to f- make something that's a little bit more relatable. So you could alienate your audience if you're not also directly being like, hey, this is the kind of people we're going after by making a device that's 2000 They dropped their monthly cost from 1999 to 1249 I think, just like beginning of this month for their ongoing membership. And yet the bike's still $2,400. Sure. That's a pretty high barrier. And the classes on those are $40 a month because they know that you can afford it after yep. that. So I feel like they're definitely playing like two sides here. The bigger question to me, and this is the one I think is more fun to elaborate on, is it also brings up the whole 4D chess. Like, is this actually the next, like the next level marketing where they did this on purpose to cause a little bit of controversy and pick up on the free advertising from, li- I mean, CNBC. NB- I, there wasn't a single media outlet that didn't cover this sure. ad during literally the most expensive time yeah. ever to advertise. During the holiday season, they probably got in front of an extra, I don't know, five, six million people that wouldn't have gotten to see it because they don't have cable subscriptions. When people, like when normal people, especially on the interwebs, right? And the internet is just chock full of just people like you, me, and people dumber, people smarter, whatever. But when I see everyone argue on something, like weigh in on that, like, do you not think Peloton spent, I don't know, half a million dollars on focus groups ahead of time? Do you think they didn't realize, oh no, we are going to piss off exactly 49% of people with this, but... 51% 51% are going to resonate. So that's what I wonder, yeah. right? And I, I think that that's unfortunately a question we can never find out the answer to because if it is that, they'll never admit it because they would never want to publicly admit that they did something that was controversial. No different than the Nike Kaepernick ad, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, and that to me was a little bit more on the nose because Nike is big enough to ex- execute exactly that, right? Like they know exactly what's going to happen after they produce an ad. So I would say if there's a spectrum of like definitely intended and not intended, Nike probably skews closer to the definitely and Peloton oh, sure. probably closer in the middle where like, I don't know. Nike's also a very much more aggressive, uh, just a more aggressive yeah. brand. But the thing is overall, it down ticked Nike, what, 0.6% I think that day. And since, and after that, they had the best quarter of their fiscal year. So Peloton, now here's the difference. We haven't seen Peloton come back from this yet, right? Because it's still kind of Marinating, hot on the yeah. news. Um, and they definitely took a socket. I think it was like they've lost like $1.3 billion in value over the past three weeks. So we'll see if it bounces back. And it depends on if it's – is it a cult culture following or did it just get in front of a lot more people and this will blow over just like everything else does? Yeah. Because the media cycles are only 24 hours now and now way more people have even heard the word – Peloton. Okay. So there is, um, I did this, I saw it, I saw it off the internet in 2014. This is when, I think it was Garrett, 
Garrett Tinchy, who owns Huga, which is a local co-working company. I believe he had a, um, a Charlotte handle called like, it was Charlotte's, Charlotte's got a lot. It was some kind of Charlotte, one of these, and he would allow businesses. I hope it's Garrett. I think I'm getting this right. Um, he would allow businesses to do takeovers for free. Just do a takeover on there. You can, and this is before stories, right? Got it. So you just, you would go ahead and you'd post. And, you get a post. Yeah, yeah, you get a post. Actually, no, no, I lied. There definitely stories were going on because I remember this was the first time I had to spit something out in 10 seconds and that was really hard at the time. So stories were going on and we did one and it was going great. It was a minimum of like seven posts and then the very last one I did a still, a, a photo and it was a picture of the old CrossFit South End gym. It just said, tired of being fat and ugly? Just be ugly with the phone number <laughs> underneath. Fast forward like a, a year ago, there was a CrossFit gym that did like a billboard of that and he's contacted me and I, I, I hope he's listening and I, I'm trying to remember exactly the name of the gym, but he literally did a fucking like billboard on the side of his highway. He's, I feel like he's in like Alabama, Missouri or like somewhere in the South and cars are driving by and it became this huge fucking issue and it got virality in his town and all that. So my question to you is, do you believe creating controversy for this, for the purpose of making a bigger splash is a valuable marketing attempt for a micro gym? Okay. So here's what here's what I'll draw the comparison to. Elon Musk te and Tesla. They just announced that Cybertruck yeah, about that, a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a very specific ingredient to doing these like all press is good press things. I don't believe that. So if you're asking me fundamentally, do I believe all press is good press? No. I think that there is a lot of hate that can go around something and it can last if the mental anchor is something that's negative on the whole about the company, like a true hole in the company. But take the Cybertruck. So did you watch the announcement? No. So I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of watched the bits and pieces of it. I think I watched like three minutes of it. And the part that went viral about it. Now, first of all, Tesla spends $0 on advertising. Elon knows how to cause enough of a commotion to get people attracted to something. And he's got enough of a loyal following that those people will then send it out into the market. And that's kind of how they save on cost. So he has this announcement. And part of it, so the truck is built out of stainless steel. So they have someone take like a sledgehammer to the door and they're like pounding the door and it's barely leaving a dent if, if no mark at all. And wow, it's amazing. And he goes, and also the glass is shatterproof. And he has someone come up and have a stone-like object and throw it at the glass. And he throws it at the front window and it shatters. It goes right <laughs> through. And even his reaction is like, oh, fuck. And everyone kind of laughs. And he's like, I guess we need to do some more testing. Uh, let's try the back window to double down on it. The guy goes over and throws it right through the back window also, right? So the meme about it was like, oh, so look at, now the Cybertruck is completely like brand new redesign of the, of the idea of a truck, right? It looks like something out of the future. Yeah. Um, but in his, it, it was definitely his intent to go viral, right? Sure. His goal was to create a 30-second clip that could go viral, and he didn't even need 30. It was six seconds. Yeah. A guy holding a stone, sure. throwing it through the window, making and Elon him look Musk freaking Making out. him look like a schmuck, but secretly right. he's playing the Freak Underwood long con of like, but that's what I wanted to But happen. what's so good about it is that it's something oddly specific. Stu, when was the last car you bought that you were like, I hope that they have windows <laughs> that I can't shit. throw shit through? Yeah. You can throw that shit through anybody's window. Yep. So while it is a negative publicity, it's not really negative because no one decides whether or not they want to buy a car based on if the fucking windows are shatterproof. Shatterproof, correct. So it's a brilliant idea because it keeps the Cybertruck in people's heads. Yep. 
and the anchor is not something so bad because you're like, is it really that bad? It was more of just like a funny fuck up on yeah. TV. I'll it take like, it. It looks dope. The truck looks dope. I'll take the shattered windows. Right. So yeah. part of it also was they had this like quad that also kind of resembled the Cybertruck drive up onto the back of it, which is really cool. Now, if that thing drove up and it went through the fucking back of it, that would be yeah. bad because Correct. you expect your truck to be have a, a towing yeah. capacity. So that would be a bad mental anchor. So that same virality could actually prove to be negative overall. Yeah. He's had over 250,000 people sign up yeah. for wanting to uh, pay a hundred bucks. So he just raised what? Two, 250,000. Two, yeah. yeah. Like two. Well, I can't do that math. Why am I having so much trouble with math? So 2.5 million or yeah. more than that? Yeah. 25 million? Just fucking anyone anyway, listening to this, you did the math. We're a lot not, of money. We're not Asian. He like, raised that, much, uh, that amount of money just because he puts shit out there. And like, so that bit I think is great. So, Microgen. If you want to go with these splash campaigns that causes controversy, the problem is understand that they have a big enough audience that if 10% of people hate them, they're fine. If you do something to piss off your local community and 50% of people hate you, you're fucked, right? Like, you already took that off. But, like, let's go back to your dog thing, your dog video. Yeah. You're probably one of your, if not your most viral video ever. Sure. Right? And it was you taking a stance on dog. Most people don't really give a shit about dogs in the gym. They don't pick gyms based on if dogs are allowed or not. In fact, it probably doesn't even come into people's heads. And I think the majority of people who walk into gyms and see dogs are like, why is there a dog here? So you pissed off a bunch of people who don't really give a shit about that gym membership. They care more about you being against dogs. Sure. So, so I, in my opinion, that's great because you picked an element that doesn't actually impact your gym. If it was people hurt themselves here, that's a fucking really bad look yeah. for your gym. So you have to be smart about the virality. I literally explained that. Someone asked me like what the thought process by like there's three categories of people that would respond to that video, right? Before you hit upload, no matter anyone who even says they're I'm super spontaneous, I just shoot things off the top of my head. Like I shoot things off the top of my head. But if you think I don't think about things before I hit the upload button, sure. right? So you think about there's three camps. People who have dogs in their gym know they probably shouldn't, and this video is gonna be like Fuck that guy, but shit, honey. You remember we were talking about the dog? Probably we shouldn't have him at the gym. Watch this. Like that guy who's thinking about it. He knows he probably shouldn't have the dog at the gym. Then there's guys, dog gym owners, that have the dog in the gym and fucking love it and are going to literally send me the I hope your mother dies of cancer in her eyes fucking right. yep. you know, thing. And then the third category, the person just doesn't give a fuck. They don't, right. Like they just don't care, right? And, and they're it, there for the comments. Correct. Those are the first two. Per, for the first yep. two. So those are the three camps on that video. But no, I love I love that take on the Elon thing with the the. I think that's great. So because for, the element of the dog being part of your gym doesn't actually fucking matter to the gym. Yeah. The gym itself, your fitness does not suffer whether or not there's dogs there, which is why it was such an interesting thing. To so if on. we look at like that billboard or that sign. You know, tired of being fat and ugly. I think it's fantastic. Just be ugly. If you ask me, I think that's absolutely fantastic. 100%. The person that gets upset with an ad like that is not going to impact your gym membership. Yeah, they're too woke. All. Too woke. Yeah. Too, you are all over this woke thing. You are not happy with these woke people. It's not that I'm not happy with it. I think it actually creates a lot of opportunity for people who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that sounds good. And there is an extent that's fantastic about it. Yeah. Like, and a great education. And then there's people that take it too far. And those are always the loudest. So it's like... Yeah, yeah, ignore the super loud ones, which we have to do. Like, none of this shit is new. Yeah. Right? Like, and I hate when people talk about these marketing. I was just watching a documentary on, uh, it was called Broken on Netflix. And the first episode is about the makeup industry. And I think that it's actually talking more about ripping off cosmetics. But I, there was this woman that was talking about this virality of how influencers are now creating their own brands of makeup because there's unbelievable margins and yeah. all this kind of stuff. I, I watched the same one. They were talking about how unsafe a lot of the shit is. and all. Yeah, this. yeah. exactly. They're using Jenner's brand as – And she goes, 
yeah, they came up with this incredible marketing strategy of this like almost scarcity model where they put something out there and then they say it's sold out. I'm like, oh, they yeah. made that yeah, shit yeah. up? Like that's been that's like the fucking oldest marketing. You ever see Mad Men? It's like, just yeah. a new yeah. it's just a new medium, yeah. and I think that that's what we're seeing right now with social media. I've just had a conversation about this earlier today. I'm like. What we're seeing now is 15 years into social media. People know how to market well. It's like the first email marketing campaigns were fucking terrible, yeah. and then they got better and better and better and better over time until they become so saturated that we have to find our new medium. And social media, we understood, would be a great platform for a lot of these things, and now there's companies that figured it out. Yeah. And they know how to... TikTok is the amalgamation of every great part of every social app shoved into a single thing. I think the TikTok thing is super interesting, so... I've got an account on there for WTF. Haven't made anything. Don't plan on it. Just been watching. And anyone who gets on it right now, TikTok is these, uh, I have a couple categories of TikTokers. I, uh, there's the TikTok thoughts. Those of you guys who aren't familiar where the thought is, uh, it stands for that hoe over there. And uh, really, I never even knew that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> okay, yeah cool. that, that hoe over there is literally, <laughs> look it up on Urban Dictionary. I had no idea. Because Urban Dictionary go. is the most credible source <laughs> on the internet. Um, that hoe over there. So literally these girls that will lip sync a song, uh, whatever kind of trending thing is going on. It's like a musically. Correct. It's very much well, like musically, musically, but then TikTok that. creates its own in-house jokes that trends that one person did that went well, then everyone recreates it. And that's essentially as one person comes up with something creative, everybody watches and then they recreate that trend and it just, it's self-serving, which is, that's the thing on TikTok I really, really like. If you're a creator and you're like, I don't know what to create today, you just have to go through, you find one and it's copying, like you might, you know my friend, good artists borrow, great artists steal. TikTok embodies that a thousand percent because every artist just, every TikTok creator on there is reproducing their version of this thing that's already gone viral, and it gets almost as much play as the original one. If not more. If not more, because all you had to do is bring a little, you had to be a little bit better looking, a little more charisma, a little better dance moves, whatever it may be. But I would 100% if, if Jameson had a TikTok uh, account and they had just some funny Irish guys doing that stuff while drunk and there was some... Ja I would, that would be my favorite fucking channel. Like I would watch that all the time. I think there's a huge opportunity there. I don't know where it is for a micro gym yet. Not a fucking clue. I don't know where it is for a what the fuck gym talk yet, but just watching only the awareness. Yeah. Only, You're not going to convert. Could, yeah, correct. It's not a convert, but it's also, it's a, I think it, TikTok, the thing it does allows your personality to come through way better than. So here's what I love about TikTok yeah. is that there's levels to entry and there's a very low barrier. So like you said before. If I create, so they have sounds. That's their unique feature. Yeah. This whole way of skirting copyright issues by saying like, oh, we created it on this app. So it doesn't really matter. We're not reproducing it, right? Like it's the same kind of thing that DJs can kind of slide through sure. with. So brilliant. You get the newest music on your shit, which by the way, if you post on Instagram, Facebook, blocked. YouTube, blocked, copyright yep. strike, no matter what it is. And this can, so people get to hear their favorite songs, which is what they want, right? They want to hear the same song over and over and over again. But the low barrier is that you don't have to be creative. We will walk you through the creative in the app. You don't yes. have to use an external app. If you've ever tried to make a TikTok, it literally walks you through step by step. You want to do slow motion so that you could sit there and like mime it super slow. We'll slow it down for you. Yeah. You just mime it and we'll produce it for you. So like they took all of the barriers of entry out of creating your own content in an app that targets kids who are innately more creative, mostly because they're more vulnerable. They're not worried about what people think of them as much because they don't understand the repercussions of their actions yet. So now they're young and they're like, oh, wow, I'm not creative enough to come up with a cool dance move. So I see this other person do the dance move, so I'm going to emulate it. So you start your TikTok by emulating what other people do. Yep. But it also gives the opportunity for people who know how to create content 
to come up with the quippy and the very charismatic videos that are like that are self-produced and they make their own audio, their own sounds, and upload full videos. Let's call them full videos, fifteen to one. I think they have up to a minute. And here's and here's what I say: you get a Charlie D'Amelio's one. Like she's like the big girl. She has a ton of hype on this app. She's fifteen years old. She definitely comes from money. You could just watch her shit and you see that her parents definitely have money. And then she goes to a private school that I think is like $40,000 a year. And you watch her growth. And when she hit, you started seeing her do all the things that the YouTube kids did to get more viral. She started doing collabs. She started showing brands. She started doing all these very unique things by leveraging her audience to do that. Then you see that she met Gary Vee. You're like, okay, so now he's got his hand in helping these stars. Then suddenly... Just last week, she produced, and of course I follow her, not because I'm a creep, but because I need to know what the latest influencers are doing to garner this you're attention. Gonna be, you're going to be a red dot on one of these fucking pedophile okay, sites. God, soon. stop it. So, uh, but then she produces for the first time last week, vlog number one. On TikTok? She's doing one-minute vlogs of her life, cut up in very, almost David Dobrik-style yeah. Um, Vine style, eight to ten second clips like, this is what I'm doing now. I'm putting on my makeup. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it doesn't make any sense, but yet it makes a ton of sense because Gary Vee's seen it happen six or seven times and he goes, here's the formula. Yep. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be the pioneer of vlogging on TikTok sure. because you already have five million people that are interested in just seeing anything you do. You do. It's exactly what Logan Paul did when he switched over to YouTube. It's exactly what David Dobrik did when he switched over to YouTube. It's exactly what Casey Neistat when They took their talent from somewhere. And then we're like, I'm going to produce this style format on this platform because I already have enough of a following. Because I think Logan Paul had something like 10 million followers on Vine. So when he went to YouTube, yeah, he started from, we'll call scratch. it scratch. Yeah. But it wasn't scratch. Yeah. yeah, because he knew that there was going to be people watching. So no matter what he put out, even if it went against everything that YouTube stood for, which it did, which is why all the OG YouTubers were like, fuck this guy. It didn't actually matter because he had enough of an audience like, this is cool. And people don't actually care what the platform is. They just watch Logan. Yeah. And that's brilliant. And that's why you have to stay up to date with this shit. People ask me, I was like, how, like when do you do work? Because you're constantly like, I need to know what the fuck is going on. Not because I plan on producing content for TikTok. I don't think a single gym owner should be producing for TikTok. Sure. If someone's asking I, me that. 100%. Don't do it. 100%. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yep. You're more likely to have negative impacts than positive. But at the same time, watch it. Because TikTok 2 is in 2025, and it's going to be a little bit better, and you're going to be so fucking far behind because all you know how to do is tweet. Yeah. Because you haven't done anything since. So let me reset this. My favorite fucking um, – the thing I like the most about TikTok is I look to, in 10 years, me hiring a creative director for any – like any, any business needing to hire someone creative, every one of those kids on TikTok, like that whole generate – what gener what's the title for that generation? Generation uh, – I have no idea. Fuck it. Whatever that generation is, they are way more ambitious, creative, theatrical, thespian, whatever you want to call it, comedic, funny, than my generation was. Prosperity. Prosperity, yeah. So literally, they will be amazing creative directors, uh, marketers, design brand guys, like whatever, because that just – they literally, instead of spending their days – I would go out with a hatchet when I was 10 years old and I'd go out with my buddies, we'd pack lunches and I would chop down a tree. It would take me six hours with a hatchet chopped down a tree just so I could watch it fall. Had I been spending my entire time creating multimedia all day yeah. on a device, I would, I, like, what would I be capable of now? It's just like practice. Like if you play baseball from the time you were six to whenever and these kids are practicing multimedia content creation. 100%. And I think that's going to be amazing for anyone listening to this. I think you're probably going to, if your business is around in 15, 10, 15 years, 
you'll be hiring one of these kids to help you create content for your business. Without a doubt. Yeah. And the thing is, you know what you avoid? What Peloton just did. If Peloton had a bunch of 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds sitting in those rooms doing the advertisements, they're like, hey, this is not going to work. Let yeah. me tell you what the reaction is going to be. That's the test group, right? Yeah. Like, And if we want to go with the idea that they know, like they had this pilot group and they were like, yeah, this is pissing off. Perfect. Sure. But truthfully, these people could be great consultants, these kids, yeah. because they know what's going to be. Here's one of the things I love. I'll give you an example. So you watch TikTok because like, we're old enough now that we, we are not part of this culture. Like They are much different than us what they find cool, what they find interesting, what's hip, like it's all different. And one of the things that I think is super interesting is that on Instagram, if you had a celebrity, if you had The Rock come into your Instagram, that shit's going viral. Correct. 100% of the time. Because he's a fucking A-list celebrity and he just popped into your Insta and you're just a random Joe yep. and it's gonna go viral. TikTok, not the same case. I watch video after video where these fucking actors and actresses think that they just have enough clout and enough fame to just show up in a video and that's enough for them. Like like the Will Smiths of YouTube, right? Where they just yeah. show up and like, I'm good enough yep. because everyone already knows me. They don't get nearly as many likes as the kid who produced the reaction to that, like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And they're like, that's hysterical. Yes. To the girl who puts up, like, I like guys that do this, right? Like, because it doesn't actually matter. You're not relevant enough to these kids because everybody's a fucking celebrity. You know who's a celebrity to them? The girl in their school who has a million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Not you because you're in some fucking ABC show. Yeah. It's just not interesting anymore. It's, um, it's really interesting. Like, the, the biggest thing I think about with something like TikTok, too, is the culture that, again, everyone in school is walking around with this multimedia creation machine in their pocket, and they're all looking at each other like, what did he post last night? What did she – and, and you're someone listening to this that fucking just viscerally hates this new culture of whatever. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I just I, – I hope your dick gets bent in your sleep. Like you just like – We all it, did dumb shit. Yeah. We but, all did stuff that didn't just, make sense. Yeah, just because you don't like it. It's not changing anything. That's just how it is, and you either accept it or you don't. But these kids are just surrounding themselves with competitive – creativity competitive creativity the clout isn't as much who's the varsity football player i guarantee you the kid who crushes tiktok gets fucked way more than varsity football player johnny 100%, guaranteed 100 percent. and there is someone right or at yeah. least equivalent which yeah. makes it even more interesting Wait, way interesting because guess what varsity football johnny's got one fucking shot to go to d1 ohio state fucking usc whatever it may be and TikTok has got e-boy. Yeah, we'll call them e-boys. E-boy, e-boy, yeah. They are e-boys and e-girls. Yeah, call them. Is that really what they call? Them? So they're called e-boys. Yeah, and they have a look that just like is disco it like a girls. fuck boy. So no, it has a it has a different connotation. It's like these guys who like are almost pretty and they like have the certain hairstyle and they wear sweatpants that say "Stop staring at my dick" on them. Like just like and this very overtly, I'm obsessed with myself, and you know I'm so good looking, it doesn't fucking matter. That kind of like almost arrogant but feminist quality to a guy and girls go fucking nuts over them. And like you see the jocks come out and they try to do it and it's like, not nah, that's yeah. not your shit. Just stick to what you're good at. And the thing is they both live well on the platform, which is kind of cool. It's almost like breaking down that boundary. It's like, yeah, you're just TikTok famous. That's a thing. Yeah. That's interesting to people. Yep. The biggest thing that they do also, you know that they have the whole like in-app in sending gifts and shit. No. You can monetize your lives. Oh, really? So you go in there. Charlie, she goes fucking live, and they estimate that every time she goes live, she makes between $1,500 and $2,000 because you can buy and send them gifts of like, Panda Bear, five bucks. Yeah. And 
they people make, do it. Yeah, they make money off of it. Yeah. So it's like, so that where's that from? Twitch, because TikTok is run by the Chinese government, and they're going to try to take over the world. <laughs> and there's a bunch of like conspiracies about what they're using face tracking, and they're sure. just getting a bunch of data. And that was the whole ten year experiment. Like they did all these different studies about it, but it's the number one social media app in the world right now. Yeah, they just surpassed everybody. They are number one on every fucking chart. So what can you really like? You can't deny that it's sure. it's happening. Yeah. Interesting. So if you don't have TikTok, go on there. I promise you, you will lose yourself for 10 to 20 minutes a day if you actually pay attention to it. I know I have. And a lot of it's shitty and it makes it, you not really want to have kids. Correct. you're really nervous 100%. about where they're headed. Oh, I've got a daughter. I'm like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Gus is just going to be a fucking TikTok thought. That's it. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the next topic, seasonality. Oh, God. Will you, def- will you give an operational definition to uh, define uh, I mean, just listeners? the idea that your business has seasons to it. Like there's times when you're more or less profitable than other parts of the year. All right. Talk about it. So like the basic of seasonality is a business like, I don't know, mowing your lawn, which in New York tends to stop a lot during the winter. Yeah. Like what are you going to do during the winter? Sure. Now there's some businesses that can thrive on that because we're a business that runs seven months out of the year. Then we go dormant and everyone goes home. Um, what are those ones that like the fishing boats? That, like, yeah, go expeditions. Out. Yeah, yeah, they do like four months and then they get seven months off like, yeah. because it's treacherous and there's a lot of work to be done. But when you're in a business that doesn't close down, like, I don't know, a, a gym, gym, we know, and I'll let you speak to this more than I can even speak to it, but like, this is a, the slowest time of the year. 100%. People are not buying gym memberships in the month of December. So it's not your fucking website. Your website didn't change, right? But you do have to understand that the seasonality is coming. And as a business owner, you need to prepare for it. So that is either you're stockpiling cash because you know that less leads are coming through the door. You're figuring out your marketing strategy that should be all year round, even during the slow times. And understand that if these leads aren't coming in, don't force feed to try to get more. Understand that there's probably going to be a bigger uptick in January with all the resolutionaries. And what can you do during the months of November and December when there are less leads coming in? Yeah. So I've done pieces uh, called fourth quarter checklist. Go look that video up. Um, I did my CEO collective call with my guys uh, two calls ago on uh, a more intimate fourth quarter checklist. And one of them is always advertising in the fourth quarter, not for immediate call to action, but for a call to action January. And Joe knows this. You know, if any of you guys have seen, we've been running ads uh, for Urban with what we call what we uh, came up with is the reset series. Joe came up with this idea. Um, I had the idea of I wanted it not to – I wanted to purposely send the message of do your thing. Enjoy the holidays guilt-free because in January we'll get you taken care of. I don't want you to try to get started with Urban Movement now. Every, like everywhere I go and locally here in Charlotte, very heavy. Don't – why wait till 2020? Why? I'll give you a really good fucking reason why. I'm traveling to Buffalo, New York for fucking two weeks. Yeah. Um, I've got 17 fucking holiday parties to go to. My team is going to make it to the fucking national championship for college football, and my NFL team is about to fucking maybe get the wild card. I've got a lot of fucking reasons. Don't forget the biggest stuff. one. And my boss is on my fucking ass yeah. because he hasn't hit his goal for the end of the year, and yeah. the fourth fiscal quarter is the yeah. toughest one for I've been every dating. business that's not yeah. e-com, I've been and t- we're t- all taking two weeks off yeah. at the end of the month. I started dating a girl last year in November, and this or this is last year in January and now this is going to be the first year I have to buy her a Christmas <laughs> present and I don't know what the fuck to get I just her. met this girl on Hinge three yeah. weeks ago and yeah. it's my birthday and Christmas. Do I need to ask for something? Exactly. So I definitely want something for that her That is birthday. why. So yeah. for my market, that's super real here in Charlotte. And so I went, you know, zig and zag. I went the opposite direction. Don't worry about getting started with fitness right now. Enjoy life. We got you covered January 6th, the first Monday uh, in, in 2020. And so we came up with this reset series. Boris slapped some branding and some icons behind it. We, you know, Joe put up a dope, fucking phenomenal landing page, landing page of Flex. We got ads running to it, 
And that was the idea for seasonality for me of that I know we're slower in Charlotte during this time, but I want to just ping because I know I need two months and I didn't get it up in two months. We're, we're going to probably run with six weeks worth of pinging on people on this, but like I need generally eight weeks to just boom, get in front. I need a frequency of four, five, nine on a fucking Facebook ad, which is very hard to get to without spending a lot of money on. And I need to get in front of these people because the first seven times they see the ad, they're not doing anything. Yeah. But as it gets closer to January and they're sitting on Nana's couch after having their second helping of pecan pie, maybe I've got the shot then. But see, here's the key. The key, and you just described what you did, but you missed the very beginning, which was you didn't stop running ads during yeah. December because there's no leads coming in. And that's In the- fact, it kind of seems counterintuitive because we all know that ads – most ad engines, Facebook, Google being the top primary ones, are run based on fucking bidding. Sure. So if everybody you know in your market is going to saturate the shit out of ads during January, your price per click will go indefinitely up. go up. And during December is some of the slowest months. So you have the opportunity to get in front of people for cheaper, but not ask them to convert. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too is when I think of – you know, the evergreen ad idea. I always use Rogue Fitness as, a, as an example of what evergreen is. Rogue Fitness has just the regular Rogue shirt. It just says Rogue across. They run it in different colors and styles. And, you know, you will see the scarlet and gray ones come out a plenty full during football season because they're in Columbus, Ohio. You will see St. Patrick's Day themed ones come out in March. But that's their evergreen shirt. It just says Rogue. But when they get fancy and they put a picture of Josh Bridges' fucking taint on the front, right? right? Or they do some – My it, personal favorite. Correct, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do as well, right? right? It got it very specific. But that evergreen one, I bet you everyone listening to this probably has two to three rogue shirts in different color schemes based on sports teams they like or maybe whatever the fuck they're so – whatever that may Their be. Their gym's colors. Correct, yeah. That's an evergreen piece of a retail. And I talk about that in like Micro Gym University for like retail sales. You got to just have an evergreen shirt and you just change up the color selection, the palette based on the season. Yeah. And, and you, you know, fall three quarters of the inch late uh, baseball tees, right? Lightweight hoodie, all that kind of shit. Ads are the same way. You run an engagement, a brand awareness, a reach, whatever these lower cost, you know, models are for campaigns and Facebook. And it's just constantly running because you're still, look at the frequency number. How many times are people seeing it? If it's one time, like, I'd be like, my ads aren't doing anything. I'm like, how many times did anyone see it? It was like 1.2. It's like, did you ever see an ad 1.2 times and instantly buy something? Right. No. And literally my Especially favorite. with a higher ticket item. Yeah. Like a gym membership. Yeah. Or I even do them. Like, how many video? Like, literally, the second I get that DM from one of my clients is like, oh, my ads aren't doing anything. I'm like, what's the frequency? And they'll say, you know, some low number. It's generally always under like five. And then I'll say, how many videos of mine or podcasts did you listen to before you booked that call? Yeah. And they'll be like, all right, I'm going to shut the fuck up now. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking 28, 30, a two years worth. Like people just, again, I think everyone thinks because the Hermoses and guys of the world and then the people that fucking advocated for them, like they had some fucking elephant rifle that they just like take aim, fucking pull the trigger once and fucking kill 60 leads a month. And again, those things did happen. We all know what the fucking graveyard story is. That that entire thing is put to bed. It right. is a done narrative. Well, you and me can go back to fucking Jam with Joe episode two where we talked about this shit. 
That whole thing is because completely it wasn't for dead. the people in their fitness. It was for the gym owner not having enough money. Correct. That was so like if you're doing something for yourself, don't expect it to be better for your business. Sure. And it just was one of the. I mean, Luke had an hour. Hermosi had to run the the hybrid thing, which is an in house. Like, and then he had to flip it. He had to change the name from hybrid because he had such a visceral internal reaction. Like, I don't know what they're doing now. I don't want to speak to things I don't know about on that end. But that six week challenge thing, I would effectively say, is one hundred percent dead in the ground. But let's stay with this whole like you have to run ads throughout and why you want to stay top of mind when the person's ready to make the decision. That's why December is such an important month to continue your marketing and advertising campaign. So the perfect example of this is when I worked with Grid. So Grid, our season three was coming around the corner and we were going to announce... Uh, you guys made it to three seasons? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Three seasons in a movie. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, if we had made a documentary about oh, the, the beginning and end of Grid, it would probably have been more popular than the sport itself. But... <laughs> So it's December, I'll never forget, we're in the meeting, and we didn't have enough of the details ready for how we were going to run the combine in, in, I think it was 2017, 20, I don't know what year it was. And it's December, and we're like, okay, like, everyone was like, listen, let's just hold off on this, because people are going to ask a bunch of questions, and blah, 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 and we don't have the answers for them, so let's just hold off talking about it until we're ready as a, as a closer date. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. That was always me in the corner. Uh, no, that's a bad idea. And they're like, yeah, but we don't have it. I'm like, here's what you got to do. Understand this. You're right. No one's going to sign up for the fucking combine online knowing nothing about it in the month of December. I was like, but there's two things that can happen. Everybody is going home and seeing their friends and they're seeing their family and they have more free time than they ever have because they're taking off from work. Yep. They have holidays and all that. So they're talking and there's two talking points that will come up. Either A is, hey, whatever happened with that fucking grid thing? Yeah, I don't know. It looks stupid. So what's going on with the Browns? And that's it. Or... Yeah, I just saw them post about the combine. I wonder what that's going to be about. Yeah, and now they're starting to figure out between themselves what they think those details will be. Sure. Which means that we're top of mind and people are talking about yeah. it. And without approval, because that's how I did most of my stuff at Grid, I just posted on Instagram a very generic picture of a guy. I'll never forget. It was a foot at the starting line. I think I put it in my own profile too. And a barbell, and it just said Grid Combine, whatever the year was. And that was it. Yeah. There was nothing more. It created the, intrigue and mystery. The whole fucking, and we put ads behind, the whole fucking point of it was to get in front of people and give them a conversation yep. to go home and talk about. So Urban Movement's ads during the month of December are go have fun with your friends. Sure. This is great. And people will be like, oh, did you see that Urban Movement ad? Because the one that they're not saying, did you see that Planet Fitness ad? Yeah, yeah. It's not interesting to them because they're like, sign up now for $99. Sign up for $9.99. We'll give you a pizza every week. Right? Like, that's just not interesting. But if you put up something that's going to have people talking about you, that's the way to stay top of mind. And it's the only way to do it is to make sure that you're in front of them when they have the most downtime. Everybody's on fucking holiday. Yep. They're stressed out, but they're still checking their feeds every morning and every night. Period. Super 73 is doing that to me right now. So I've been, I've been wanting to buy – Super 73 God, is a bike company, electric bike company out of uh, California. And they have one, and it's just – it's a – it's a very dark shot of their newest bike that's coming out, and it has a, a glitch plug-in, like a little glitch. The, the colors all go crazy. It doesn't show you the rest of the new bike, and it's supposed to be their new model coming out. And, you know, big things coming in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally – my like because I was about to pull the trigger on one here in 2019, and it's that way because it would be ready for springtime. And now my dick's fucking hard because I'm like, oh, my – I'm not pulling – I wait. Now I got to see what this fucking thing is. And that's all it is. It creates intrigue and mystery and conversation. Yep. There is like, I think intrigue is one of the, like if you had an initial reaction to some branding, it can't be, oh, I get it completely, completely understand it. I've formulated opinion about it. I'm in or out. Like that's not bad, 
but I do truly like branding that stops makes me think like, well, so wait, did you hear? But like, I want to turn, I want branding that makes them turn to a friend and ask something. The idea is a nudge, not the list. You yeah, don't want to yeah. just be like, this is my brand. This yeah. is everything we do. It's like, hey, this is the direction we go in. Yep. So I think about, so making full circle back to the purchase of my Peloton, sure. right? Like when I first tried Peloton. Did you go into the store at the mall? No. And this, so this is the actual story. I kept hearing about Peloton, heard them going public, heard about all the bullshit that was going on around that. This is when we were talking about like WeWork. I think we yeah, yeah. mentioned we did a, it yeah. on the last podcast. Um, and honestly, I just kept hearing about it over and over. And I thought it was fucking ridiculous. I'm like, you're selling a $2,400 bike that's just a fucking basic spin bike with an iPad attached to it. Yeah. What's the point of this? That doesn't even make sense to me. And... But I kept hearing about it, kept seeing it, and then I was—I found out that I had an opportunity to go try one, and I'm like, I'm going to go do it because I want to be able to make fun of it with the actual experience. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then I loved it. And I'm like, oh, shit, this may actually have something to it. And then I did it again, and I'm like, oh, man, I actually really like this, and now I feel stupid. And when And I didn't feel stupid like, oh, man, I told a whole bunch of people how stupid it is. It was more like, wow, you changed my mind. Let me tell you something. It is the most difficult thing in marketing to reformat somebody Correct, something, yeah. right? It's much easier to educate from zero, from zero than it is than to flip to re-educate. them. But the upside to that is that if you do flip them, they're in because they had a differing opinion. And it's just, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, it's probably like we, how you get new clients and probably how I get new clients too. It's like they have this idea and then you say something that's shocking and like goes directly against what they think. And then suddenly they're like, actually, maybe he has a point. And then you flip them, and they're like, yeah. "Shit! Now he's somebody that I can that I can trust doing this." Peloton did the exact same thing to me, where it was just like I started thinking it was stupid, and then I actually loved it, which made me have an opposite visceral breaking reaction. of beliefs. And I'll say, so I've heard, um, I've literally heard one of Alex's pieces on this before I had him on the podcast. Hermosi, um, as much as everyone hates him, I do. I respect the hell of it. He had a great piece, a podcast piece, when I was doing my research on him. He was on someone else's podcast where he talked about. One of the top things you have to do in sales is break beliefs. You have to because people buy so much more into you. Yeah. They literally do. But if you try to break too many beliefs, that's one of the hardest things to do. You can't go against everything. 100%. Yeah. You got to pick that one thing. Because then you become the against the grain guy. Correct. And, and again, it, it just goes into the same thing. I was talking with someone about this today. I have done such a much better job marketing what the fuck gym talk than I have urban movement. I haven't figured out a way to, and, and nobody has like the second I figure out what kind of content, cause nobody is making personal human content with gyms. It's, it's it, like, even if you look at orange theory, who has the, the Thomas group out of Knoxville, uh, Tennessee, fucking this crazy high end marketing company. Nobody is creating personalized, like a vlog, like nobody's doing something ultra, but I'm not saying it would have to be a vlog, but Everything is pretty much like, here's a montage of the class. Does that look like something you're interested in, right? right. Um, there is somebody will hack this personalized creative into, into what uh, people would look into for a gym. And it, it, I don't know whether it's following a, a coach. Like, through, like, I don't know what it is. But I have what I've done with WDF and what I've done with Urban, one is way more successful from a marketing standpoint than the other. And I constantly think about, what is it I could do that'd be educational and entertaining? And I think it's the hardest thing with the micro gym. Enter, what, what's entertaining to someone? And what does educational, like what does the market, does the market want to know how to do a bent over barbell row? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be publicly searching for that and then attribute it to your job. Correct, 100%. They're going to think it's you, you. or training sure. or whatever it is. So what is it that's entertaining to someone? And in someone seeking fitness, like you were seeking fit, like you seek fitness and you had a thought process about Peloton and then something changed your mind. Now, was it the actual experience? It of was the, the okay. experience, yeah. So, but what got you to go from this of like that's it like I know you wanted to do it because you think it'd be funny to razz on it you want to be able to talk shit yeah from I wanted a, to be more specific you yeah. want to be able to be able to talk shit on it more specifically um, which I cannot wait to shoot a vlog in your town home with you on the Peloton <laughs> this is gonna be phenomenal um, I have a whole outfit I have a headband and everything but let's say you hadn't had you intrinsically had not wanted to personally pursue that what could they or what would they have had to be able to do educationally entertainment wise to get you there so here's what's unfortunate. The unfortunate thing is that this is still something I know that we talk about it and CrossFit has this mentality. A lot of people coming from that background of like this cult following and I love my fitness, but it always takes me back to that. What's that guy's name from uh moving 42? The one overseas in England. Yeah, but he's here now in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's at ultimate. Um, so God, I'm going to fuck. I can't. I, yeah, I, I too much. Hate, I hate that. We've been yeah, drinking too much. Yeah. But, but he mentioned something to me that was very interesting. He goes, yeah, a lot of the, gimmicky advertising that works with a community-based stuff in America does not work well in England because people still look at it as something that they have to do, not something that they want to do. And unfortunately, the truth is that the majority of people, they don't like to work out. They don't. That's not why they're coming to the yeah. fucking gym. They're not coming to the gym like, I'm so excited. That is a small percentage of the population. And by the way, if you're like, well, no, everybody in my gym does. Everybody in your gym pays $150 plus a month to fucking work out. Yeah. The average person pays nothing. Yeah. You right? have the small percentage. So like, yeah, gym. so stop thinking that that's the majority of people. It may be what you're thinking to target, but the majority of people are thinking about joining a gym as like, fuck, I know I need to work out because I'm getting fat or I know I need to work out because it's better for my health. And the truth is Nathan, Nathan Hearn, Nathan, boom. Unlike any other industry. And I did, Nathan, if you're listening, I did not look it up on my phone. It came to me naturally. You're, <laughs> you're a beautiful British man. This, this is specifically meant as a referral thing. The only way that I'm going to try Peloton without thinking that I wanted to your learn something more about it. Your friend told you to. With other people being like, yeah. I've tried Peloton and this is great. And if you want to talk about what kind of stories that people want to follow, it's, it's, a, it's a breach from the typical testimonial of, Urban Movement's my favorite gym because the coaches are the nicest people in the world and they give me high fives and sweat towels. That's not fucking – that's not interesting to me. I don't really care as much about that as the person who comes out doesn't get on Urban Movement's page, goes on their own Instagram and says, holy shit, that was like the best workout of my life. All the girls there are smokes. Or, oh my god, that was the best workout of my life. I finally got my full my first pull-up. Like whatever they yeah. want to say about it, not attached to All you. the girls are smokes is straight out of the fuckboy dictionary. That's straight. Stop it. I, I have to say street, bro. I have <laughs> to say street. So literally, I have this fantasy. Um, it's a six to midnight. Show the it's a it's a six to midnight <laughs> fantasy. I envision. I love stand-up comedy is my favorite thing in the world to watch. Love and it. And I just picture content where if I'm I. Bring this up. Bring up stand-up comedy again in case I don't, I don't know where this is going. I, I just going. Bring that, okay. yeah. And I just picture like I've got some front desk person or a coach and they're literally just little 30-second like funny mini monologues, talk like funny little stand-up monologues on fitness culture thing. Like imagine someone really funny standing up at her movement. It doesn't look like it's – it's not like he's standing there like it's a stand-up special. He's on stage. It's as if he's talking to a bunch of members of some other coaches and you just happen to have the camera turned on in the moment. He's like, oh my god. You know what it's like when those fitness influencers come into your gym and then they do your workout and they fucking die and they're like, where's your fucking – like you just right. made a funny – like a funny and it's 30 seconds long. 
but you do that fucking a hundred times over the course of the year, and you have this funny, comedic, but super true to the culture and the socioeconomic culture of fitness influencers or waiting in line, you know, waiting for class. Saying pass. what people are yeah. thinking rather than what they're saying. A hundred percent, and people that associate your brand with. They're just real as fuck. Right. They just like fucking, they just like, that is literally. That's why people f- like stand-up comedy. So yes. Much. It's the confidence of the person delivering 100%. People like stand-up comedy even when they drop the words and the phrases and the Holocaust jokes and all yeah. the shit that are just, holy, just love the confidence of it. And I just have this fantasy of this marketing campaign where we, but again, like, it just, that is the kind of thing I think would make that I haven't seen anyone do. Right. Nobody's doing that in the fitness industry. Have you know per- why? Why? Because that's tough. It fucking you have insane. to be funny. You have to have the right setting, the right person delivering and go, it. It can't be anyone associated with and the let's wrap, it. And let's wrap it up, to not, not to bring it back, but I mean, just like you said, not all good PR would be good PR. Yeah. Because if you do it wrong and you play it wrong and you make some fucking gender neutral, bad fucking yeah. woke, like you the piss off. Wrong- how about one of those people in the montage being somebody that was also a character assassinated yeah. on their Instagram and now you can't use the best bit of your, like, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough when it relies on a ton of people. Yeah. I personally wanted to make a comedic ad for Flex. And I had it. And I really, I, I swear to God, I almost pulled the execution on it. I just hadn't been working out enough to make it really funny. Burt Kreischer. Do you yes. know Burt Kreischer? Yes, I do. He's one, did you see his dance video that he did for his announcing of the Body Shots tour dates? No. Okay. He hires a very well-known dance choreographer from L.A., to choreograph a dance to a very popular song for him. And he gets out there in his typical no shirt. No shirt. So it starts with her, right? And she's dancing, which catches all the audience because she's an unbelievable dancer and she's a good looking girl, right? And then it pans over to him standing alone in a fitness studio or like some kind of dance studio. And he's dancing with his shirt off and it's good enough, right? Like he's not the best dancer, but he's better than you thought he would have been. And then he's going through the dance and at the end he pulls his pants off and he's just got like this little, like, yeah, yeah, he's just got tearaways on, and he's got this like little uh, speedo-looking thing on, and he's just sitting there doing it while his tour dates go up the side of the screen. Yeah, has nothing to do with comedy other than yeah. the fact that it's him doing it, correct? Which is funny. And he was better than the he couldn't just make it, and it was produced. This thing, I think he said it cost him like, oh god, like five or eight grand to like produce the whole thing, pay her, get the studio time, do all that. It went viral, right? It was perfect. It was calculated. He knew that this had a chance of going viral. I wanted to literally recreate the exact same video, the exact choreography, except it was me in that dance studio doing the exact thing and then showing Flex's new offerings. Now why? It has absolutely nothing to do with technology, doesn't hit the fitness business specifically, no one even knows what Flex is. But Burt Kreischer was so excited about this thing going viral and so many people were watching this video and then me, not saying that I, I don't look as good as I used to, but me ripping my shirt off with a better body than he had. And now it becomes like almost like trashy. Like you're yes. mad at me for doing it because yeah, he yeah. was doing it to be funny. And it seems like I'm doing you it for ego. You couldn't do it. You're too, yeah. I, but, but that's what makes your it Your mesomorphness would but, not allow it. But that's what makes it good yeah. because people will get pissed off that I'm doing it yeah, yeah. as more of an ego boost when they don't know me because I would never put myself out there like that. But then the people that do know me would find it interesting. And this is the kind of shit that goes on in my head. And I'm like – that has a chance of virality, like true virality, not like just in the fitness space. And now just a thousands and thousands more people have heard of Flex. They don't even know what it is. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. But I was the guy that made that video, and now I can do something with this new audience that I have, even if I only get a couple thousand more followers from it to the Flex account. 
That's it. So as you were saying that, I had this great idea, like literally just zapped into my head. An amazing fitness for a gym video. Like if you wanted to have a reputation for your gym, your gym, your workout was so good, it made Chris Farley come back from the dead to work out. And so he wouldn't actually die <laughs> from fucking. Well, so what's crazy about it, right? This is the funny part. Like, I see where you're going. Tom Segura. Right? Yeah, yeah I know Tom. Yeah. Then did. So he, they laughed because Bert wanted to do this for Sober October. He yeah, wanted yeah, them yeah. to do, to do hip hop classes. And because he knew that it would be viral. And he personally, he's a very good marketing guy. And he wanted it to be for all of them, but have a way to disguise his own because he was going to do it anyway. Tom Segura, who like they're best friends, yes. like best, best friends in a way that like they only show their love for each other by making fun of and picking yeah. on each other. Like the whole bird is fat campaign came yeah. from Tom. Tom then hires the guy who produces his Netflix special and also does videos for um, Justin Timberlake, like all these A-list celebrities, does music videos, hires an entire dance team and two choreographers that do like Missy Elliott videos <laughs> and Shakira, like all this kind of crazy shit. To do a pat like a, a response back because he hated the fact that people were saying that Bert wasn't such a bad dancer <laughs> and he's like fuck you you're a terrible okay. dancer this built up your head I'm gonna show you how to really dance yeah, yeah. and he did a response video to yeah. it and it was fucking hysterical and at the end of the video they cut to a 400 pound stand-in actor that is Bert because they were able to use this deep fake technology to put Bert's face on the face of this unbelievably fat, fat overweight guy. Yeah. And it was hysterical. And I'm thinking, and it only took them, they said like 30 minutes to take enough pictures of Bert. So you have that Chris Farley video, you actually put Chris Farley's yeah. face on some guy that's alive now Who and show his breaks, transformation. Yeah, breaks I'm out of the you, fucking man, casket. I can't wait until I have my AI marketing company that can make deep fake videos for people. I always thought, here, I'm going to give a quick business idea for anyone out there that's good at this stuff. I'm imagining a world where you, I pay you as an influencer to be able to use your sure. face and your voice to create yeah. other ads that you don't actually have to be a part of. I'm basically licensing yeah, yeah. your face and voice and you get to a sell to companies yeah, yeah. to be able to use your own advertising yeah. and just build up a huge database of all this stuff. And then just be like, oh, Nike needs, they want this type of person, this type of person, this type of person, perfect, no problem. I get stand-in actors to do all this shit and then I change their faces. I get the and they could change voice and face. Yeah, and and the technology is already there. There's companies yeah. already doing this, and I think that that would be the ultimate fucking marketing company, marketing See, advertising. Company. Deep fake. It's super super nerdy for this uh, this audience. I guarantee people are like fucking googling this as they're listening. What's a deep fake? <laughs> yeah, well the easiest that, place to find out about it, go to is that when you, the quarterback <laughs> pump fakes three times. Um, alrighty, guys. That is what we got for you. We'll get another. This was we'll, fun. We should do it again sometime. We, we should do it again sometime. Okay. We, it won't be so, as much of a lag in between episodes. But, do a New uh, Year episode. We will. We will get one. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll try to get maybe. No, we're definitely not going to get one in by the end of this year. By the end of this year. No, no. no we'll get one in in January. Fresh Kids, start. yep. If you enjoyed it, shoot me a line. Let me know how it is. Send Joe a DM. He probably won't answer unless you're a hot chick. Um, but I will send you a picture of me on the Peloton if it's personally. <laughs> it's personal. Shirt off on the Peloton. <laughs> Later, you fuckers. You get to pick the color of a headband. <laughs> Peace.